Welcome to the Health Science Podcast. I'm Adam Kriz. And I'm Anna Nguyen. And let's see, this week we have, this is our first guest. Yeah, so that's we, exciting. <laughs> it is. So our first guest is Fiona Jones-Child, who is a senior at Forest Grove High School and is uh, finishing up her, what, uh, Fiona, like how many classes have you taken from me? Um, all of them. I'm taking exercise phys now. <laughs> yeah. You're doing that. That's kind of weird because you're doing an independent study. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, taking all the other classes. And then and, and you play an important role. Did like, do you remember the title that I just assigned to you as far as your role in this podcast? Um, booking agent, right? Booking agent. Yeah, that's one of them. And I also called you a student producer. Um, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, because I roped you in it because as part of exercise physiology, all the students have to do a personal interest project. Um, and you chose to help us out with the podcast. Which is Right. So thanks for being here. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so <I'm> excited. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so normally, like, uh, Ann and I, we, we just, we talk about how the week's going for us. And then we kind of launch into some sort of topic, which you are going to be our topic today. So, um, yeah. so Anna, how was your week? We should start out talking about my week, but how was yours? Um, I, it's, it's been kind of hectic, to be honest. Um, it's only Tuesday, but, um, I worked over the weekend, so I felt like last week just kind of continued into this week. Um, so, yeah, I've just been, you know, doing school. I have um, a bachelorette party to prepare for this weekend. I'm not getting married. It's my best friend. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just hectic. It's only Tuesday, but it's hectic, so... Wow. So are you, are you, do you, you're planning this bachelorette party? Yeah. So me and another, um, and her fiance sister-in-law, we're both her bridesmaids. So we're collectively yeah. just like throwing a little weekend thing. So yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always those extracurricular things that really seem to, to gum up, gum up the works. Um, but it's fun. It's celebratory. So I'm, I'm looking for it. It's definitely um, a little time consuming and you definitely need time management, but you know, I'm excited to celebrate her. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we talked about this. I think it was probably off camera last time that this is like the first of your friends to be getting married. Is that what you were saying? Or. Um, you know, I, unfortunately, I like don't recall it too well, so I feel so bad for leaving you in the dust. But um, it's, I, I guess so. I guess she's one of the first like personal friends that I that that is getting married. But I, um, I know that a lot of like my peers, like distant peers, are like either married or engaged, and so yeah, this seems a little bit more like oh snap, like I'm entering that age where like people like you know my friends are getting married, so. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And I think I was, uh, you know, I, I'm at the age where no one I know is getting married. Um, and so I think the next celebration I have to look forward to is like high school graduation for my, you know, for my kids' or my, my friends' kids and that sort of stuff. I don't, uh, yeah. So anyway, I miss weddings. Yeah, they're fun. Well, what about you? How's your weekend? Or sorry, how's your week? <laughs> my, my my weekend was great. I had a I had a long weekend. So I um so we didn't have school on Friday. Um and so our our week's going good. We just finished up unit 1 in anatomy and physiology, which is really exciting for me because um we're covering uh like cells and DNA and that sort of stuff. And it's really my least favorite part of anatomy and physiology. Um, I, I like the stuff I, that I could see um, and cells, it, everything is just conceptual and you, I, I can't see it. I can't interact with it um, in a way that, that, you know, directly like I can with, with the rest of anatomy and physiology. So I'm, I'm really excited to be out of this unit and now we're going to be starting the skeletal system. And so, um, you know, going to start teaching students about all the, you know, they, they have to memorize all the bones in the body and, and that sort of stuff. And I always think that's pretty fun. Nice. That's actually funny because over the weekend I was working with a PT and we were chatting and I was telling her how I wasn't such a huge fan of biomechanics, but I'm actually kind of enjoying chemistry right now. And she was like, I'm the opposite. Like, I, I did not like chemistry. I, I, it was like all conceptual. Like, I can't see molecules and atoms. So like, I don't know what's going on. But biomechanics, love that. Because I can see it. It's gross, right? And so like gross is in like big, not like gross as in you. But yeah. So um, I just thought it was fascinating when you're talking about that, how you just are a big fan of like the whole DNA section of anatomy and physiology. And so you're excited to move on into like, grosser anatomy so yeah and I, I think and you know this is probably a good time we, we can bring fiona into this question where i think different people get excited about science or turned off by science um by different things and and you know for me i i love the stuff i could see i remember the first time i took a physics class is the first time i could see science happening like up until then, I couldn't see, I could see ecology. I, I, I saw leaves and plants, but I didn't see ecology. It wasn't until I took a physics class that I could actually see science working. And so, um, so maybe, maybe this is a good time just to, let's just ask Fiona. Fiona, you're a health science-y sort of a high school person. Like what, what got you interested in the health sciences? Well, so it's actually kind of a funny story. So well, when I was in like... Funny or not. And you don't have to... <laughs> no. Anyway. Um, <laughs> when I was in like a middle school, I absolutely hated science. And I don't know why. I don't think it was a teacher. I just like couldn't concentrate on it. I was more of a history person. And so my, my mentality coming into high school was I was going to take all my science credits and get all those classes out of the way now. So that way I can just have like fun, like the rest of high school enough to deal with like crappy science. Oh, I hated it. And then little did I know that taking all those science classes actually formed my love for it. 
And, um, and then I don't really know how it sparked, but I think just taking those classes and like learning about it, it just like made me think like, you know, I really want to learn how anatomy and like biology works. Like I want to know how the human brain works. And so, um, I took AP psych in anatomy and enjoyed it and I just loved learning all the vocab and um, just constantly knowing all the names for things. Like, I didn't know there was, like, so many muscles in our legs, like, with all these different kinds of names. Like, that's so cool. It just was so intriguing. And um, learning about, like, the brain muscles and, like, the physiology of it just really, like, I don't know. I love learning about the brain. And then I just kept taking more and more classes because I just wanted to keep learning about it. And it just, like, it was something that was kind of constant too because in um, middle school I thought I was so good at English and then I come into high school and I take honors and I'm like oh I don't like it anymore classes are not for me but then like science is the one thing that was like constant like the one thing that like I continue to have a love for and like I want to have a love for for the rest of my life now so that's kind of just what happened it just kind of came naturally I guess <laughs> Yeah, but so so can can you remember the like the activity or the concept you were learning about first in high school science classes where you had the realization where wow, I like science. Like is is there I a time think, that you can remember? I think it was probably after we had done all the units on the muscles and we had gotten to the brain part where we were doing like the clay and we were like putting all of them on the mannequin. I think that's where it kind of um, was like, you could visually see it and it was just so cool. And like, I think making them with the clay like was really a good visual for the students. I know it was for me. I think that's genuinely what it was is just like, it's one thing to like hear about it, but then like actually being able to like physically make like the mass in your brain with the clay was really cool. And then taking AP psych at the same time, it was like, I was getting um, just both like information from both classes at the same time. So it like helped with like remembering like all the names for things and um, the different parts of the brain. Like I think, taking those two science classes at the same time really like helped me build that love for science like even more <laughs> yeah so you and so you took those classes when you were a sophomore was there yeah. i mean so was there a fresh so what what science class do you take freshman year um the science classes i took freshman year um, I had Miss Armstrong and she was amazing. I love that teacher so much. Um, I was taking history of the earth. I didn't sign up for it like at all. I didn't force cast for it. I honestly thought it was a history class. And so I went in there and I was like, oh yeah, history fun. She's like, actually we are doing the history of science. And I'm like, oh cool. And we were learning about like dinosaurs and evolution and the supernova. And I thought it was really cool. Um, and like paleontology, like completely different from like. Oh no, you cut out. Health science. Oh, you're, you're, you're pretty laggy. Now, Anna, was, was I, were we talking about, I think it was, I think it was our first episode. I was saying like, we, people tend to become obsessed by the things that they're bad at. Did we yeah. talk about that? 
Yeah, I actually shared um, a very similar experience with Fiona of how um, I didn't think science was my strongest suit in middle school. Like I kind of figured that out. And going into high school, I didn't, I didn't really have a great experience with like chemistry, for example. Um, I did like pretty, I did pretty well in like biology and anatomy. Um, but then going into college, I was like, man, I did not have a good experience with chemistry. I feel like I'm not good at it. So I avoided it for four years. I graduated without a chemistry class. And then um, now I'm actually back um, taking prerequisite class where I do have to take chemistry. Um, so yeah, and it's that same experience of like, you know, I was, I thought I was not a science person, ended up graduating with a science degree and, you know, pursuing like a health career that involved science. So yeah, it's, it's totally that conversation we had Adam about you know people kind of ended up ending up you know pursuing or continuing to try things that they are afraid of or things that they you know feel like they're not good at so I think I think it's just I think it's a more stable form of improvement because if if you worked at stuff that you were good at eventually you're going to come across a situation where you're not going to be considered good at that thing you're you know, if you're good at basketball, so you work at basketball, eventually you're going to play in a basketball league where you're not the best one, right? And so you have to appreciate working on things that you're bad at um, in, in order to keep improving. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think it's a more stable way of gaining improvement is to kind of lean into this idea that, okay, I'm really bad at it, which it sounds like what Fiona did. She thought she was bad at math out of middle school and was just going to get all over, kind of leaned into the suckiness of science and just said, okay, I'm just going to get these classes done with. And I think once you do, once you kind of like say, okay, this is going to suck, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think that could be the very first stage of finding the thing that you love. Yeah, it's definitely just challenging yourself. I think that's really it. Like, you know, some people are afraid of failure or afraid of not being good at something. But then, like you said, leading into a challenge or stepping outside of your comfort zone to try something, that could be the start of a really good outcome or a really um, important, you know, lesson about yourself or about something. So, yeah. So Fiona, do you think if we would have made you hate math in middle school that you would have been more of a math math type of student? What 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 should what do you wish you we would have made you hate in middle school? Well, I hate math anyway, and that's never gone away. So um, it's something I've never been really good at. I don't know really why, but I don't know. Um, I think I don't know it the emotions were kind of weird like everything that I thought I was good at in middle school I ended up being kind of bad at in like high school like even history like I took um AP US history last year and like I love toker so much but I sometimes I just do not want to take four pages of notes and I just I lose my concentration um so I think I think if we wanted to get like more kids involved in like health science, like definitely making them hate it at a young age would probably obviously be beneficial because they'll want to just attack that and be good at it. But um, I don't know. I think, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. So, so you said something interesting there where you said like the things that you thought, so you, you feel like there was looking back at middle school, you definitely had a sense that you were good at some things and bad at mm-hmm. some things. And you even carry that sense now. You're bad at, you're saying you're not good at math or don't like math. And um, where do you think you got the idea that you were good or bad at something? I know you're good at this. <laughs> um, it's the grading system. So, so if you got an A from a teacher, you would feel like you're good at something. If you got an, a C from a teacher or an F from a teacher, you're thinking, okay, I'm not good at that thing. Is that probably? Well, I mean, and I, I hate how like um, we always like make kids feel bad for getting C's in a class because it's still passing. Like, yeah, it's not an, a straight A. Like, you're not getting a like a 4.0 if you have like straight C's. But like. I don't know. I feel like we need to like stop making kids feel like just because they get a C, like they're not good enough in a class because it's still passing and it's still good enough. What? So do you, you think there's there's people that try to make students feel bad first? Like, can you explain that a little? Is there is there an ex, can, can How about this? Can you think of an example where you felt bad for getting a C? You can leave names out of it. Well, um, so I. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's like you see it in the movies. You you hear about it. Like it's those like sometimes it's the parents that like will just like give an expectation that if you have a C, you're not good enough, or if you're not a straight student, like you're not good enough because you're not like pushing yourself to do all these things. Like even if you're not a part of like a club or something or a sport, like if you decide to video games, like oh you're not athletic, that's weird. Like I feel like we just kind of put that in society. Like that's what kids have to live up to and that's not really fair because I feel like now that we're you know it's 2021 we should be able to like be in our own interest and like that's valid and so I feel like like I've talked to a few of my friends and they are like well I got like a they got like an 87 and so they have to retake a test so they get it rounded up or something like it's not good enough because their parents will take their phone away if they don't have like a 90 or something just like those kinds of things and you know since life can get in the way and you know we're not always gonna get a good grade on a test sometimes we have to retake it times i mean last year during online school i probably did the best in school out of all my other years because it gave me more time to turn in assignments and if i had anxiety over a test i had to 11 15 get figured out you know like and so that was also my first time getting a C, though, however, in English, because in English, that's the one that I feel like I need the most one-on-one time with. I tend to have to revise, like, my essays a lot because it's, you know, either speaking too much or just not enough or getting off the basic things and stuff. Not able to, like, meet with my English teacher as much as I wanted to. It caused me to not really have high expectations and I kind of just settled for me. even though I know it's not bad passing and it went AP class I just was like you know I'm gonna get a C and that's okay well okay so that's kind of interesting that that you said um that you thought you see it in the movies that getting a C is bad and there's pressure on yeah the- I, I want you to realize that you are now a, a contributing content to to the media world 
and your fellow students are going to to hear this. So you you're taking the the very first steps in changing that media narrative that uh, you should you should feel bad for getting a C. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Don't you? Are there some times that you should feel bad about getting a C? Don't you think? I I do think that having um, like goals for yourself to get good grades is like a good idea. Like that's why I've never like failed a class. Cause if I see like, if I have an F I'm like, okay, well that means I have to like retake a test. I have to revise an essay. I should talk to my teacher. I need to communicate to them. I need to get my grade up just cause you know, nobody ever purposely wants to fail a class, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. But um, I do think that having that goal to get good grades and Sometimes we are in a situation where we can't, our, our best is just to see, and sometimes our best is just an A, but I do think that um, having that goal of getting good grades is important to an extent to where it's not, you're like staying up till three o'clock in the morning just to get a good grade, because that's putting um, time away from sleep when teenagers need sleep. <laughs> you guys aren't going to sleep anyway. <laughs> I think that is a very interesting um, thing, right? Because I think as as students right that we all I guess would want to have good grades which is you know I feel like in in our society it's it's A's right but I just, mm-hmm. I just think it's it's interesting or I'm just thinking about it as like isn't good grades subjective as in like what we consider good would not be somebody else's I guess standard for good right so right. I think it comes back to that grading system idea, right? Of like, we're holding everyone to this standard of like, you know, A's, B's are like good. C's is like, okay, you're like, you know, passing passing by, but like, you know, D's and F's are bad. And so like, I don't know, like you said, your comment earlier of how like sometimes C's is just like a person's like best. Or I don't know, like, what, I guess my comment was more of saying, yes, everyone should have goals to learn. And I think that should be more of the message versus saying everyone should have a goal of getting good grades, right? Because like some people are happy with a B, you know, and they're like, that is a good grade. And to, I guess, impose this idea of like, oh, but it's not good enough because it's not an A, you know? So I agree on that. Totally. Yeah. And I, you know, I think we talked about the last, this is weird how much this is tying in with the last. <laughs> yeah. Our last episode, I talked about grades. If you haven't listened to it yet, make sure you check us out on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Yeah. I got to get some <laughs> other ones. I don't know. I don't know if people are listening on other apps. Um, but uh, no, because I, because Anna, your experience with grades, once you got to colleges, you really started to figure out the difference between learning and grades. If, yeah. if I, if, if just, I think just to summarize, right? Like you've realized yeah. that you can get an A in the class and walk away and not know anything. And you get a C in the class and feel like you learned a whole bunch. Yeah. And it sounds like what, with what Fiona's saying is that students are starting to learn that in middle school, they're starting to pair, like, which I guess makes sense. Like, how do you know if you learned a whole lot in a class? Like, what would it mean to learn a whole lot in, in, in a class? So I guess you, you know, students are pretty dependent on teachers 
for that external feedback to know if they are doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, because like, right, because then we talk about like, does, you know, do we measure how much a student learns based on like a cumulative test, right, of like this entire subject that we learned over a course of a year? Is that like the definitive answer between, you know, you learn something, you learn nothing, or like you are very like, you know, confident about this subject. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's, it's a, like, our, like I said, our last um, conversation about grades is just like very awesome. It was just really insightful. And so, yeah, this whole conversation again about grades and like, you know, yeah, I'm losing my train of thought, but you get it. You well, know? that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But so you're, you're in a profession though, like with occupational therapy that you are still in a process of development with your patients, mm-hmm. right? So they, they come to you at some functional level and they should be leaving you at the end of a, you know, whatever time period, more functional. They, they should have gotten better over their time working with you, right? Mm-hmm. How do you measure that? Um, so it's, so yeah, I guess in terms of rehab services, like rehabilitation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm inpatient, so our goal is to get you back to baseline. And baseline, right, is very subjective because everyone has a different baseline. For some people, baseline is being very independent of like being able to like get out of bed on your own, go toileting on your own, getting dressed by yourself. And for some other people, baseline is being able to just sit on the side of the bed and then someone help you with other um, ADLs or activities of daily living. Um, So yeah, so I guess the general goal is to get you back to baseline and then the subjective aspect of it is like it just depends on who you are your situation and what you consider baseline is um so yeah in terms of measuring that it's just again are we able to reach that goal so interesting so and and so i'm assuming that goal would be set in part by the patient, right? With their Yes, it's very patient centered. Yeah. So it's it's a so for context to those listening, I'm interested in becoming an occupational therapist, right? So, you know, with um therapy in general, right? It's it should be patient centered and it should be more of like asking the patient what is your goal or what are your goals and what do you think we need to do to get there. Um, so it's very of an us thing is, you know, like I would be supporting this person, offering tools and guidance and like, you know, strategies for them to be able to get to whatever their goal is. So. Interesting. And so that, so it's kind of therapy is kind of interesting then because you're taking someone who is sick. And so my background's in cardiac rehab, which is the same thing. You're taking someone who is, who is sick or, or hurt or, or that sort of thing. You're trying to get them back to baseline or back to normal or back to you back to a functional state that they used to be in. Mm-hmm. And teaching is kind of weird because that's not what we're trying to do at all. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're constantly trying to get students not to get up to a baseline, but we're trying to get them to be more complex um, people. Um, And we're not quite necessarily sure where that complexity is going to go. 
Um, so I, yeah, it's kind of, cause I don't, we have standards that we teach to, but I think that's different than measuring. That's a difficult thing because if you are below mm -hmm. standards in a history class, are, that doesn't necessarily say a whole lot about your functionality, mm -hmm. you know, or quality of life or that sort of stuff where I do think in therapies or any sort of therapeutics that the baseline that you're talking about it, it can probably be directly correlated with quality of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could agree with that one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I see I see what we're trying to do of like using therapy and that idea of like setting a goal to, with teaching. And so as you were talking, I was kind of thinking about it. And rather than seeing, right, like our learning objectives as, you know, like you said, this is, we're not trying to get students to a baseline because, you know, we're trying to have them accumulate knowledge to be able to, you know, utilize that in like whatever context of the real world, right? So I guess our learning objectives would be the goal, right? And, and so as a teacher, you know, we, we, oh, I'm not a teacher, but as teachers, right? They are what our therapists are, right? They work with students to figure out, you know, what, how they can help students learn, you know, so that they can reach the goal, which is to, you know, learn about a subject, whatever the learning objectives are. Um, so I think that is like my way of kind of comparing the two and seeing how they both function together in the same way to get to an end goal. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, we're not, we're trying, like you said, we're not, the goal is not the baseline. The goal is to learn. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're trying, you're trying to get students to, to do something new and novel that they've never done before, you know, mm -hmm. so it's different yeah. rather than trying to return somebody to a, to a functioning state that they used to be in. Yeah. And so, um, and so, Fiona, do you do you feel like so? My question is going to be about goals. Like how how much? Because you're a senior now, so you must be starting to think about goals that you're that you have for the future. Is is that is that true? <laughs> yeah. So um, since I'm I'm an avid like we. Um, we are doing early action like uh, applications for college and stuff. So the goals have been like making our fast forms, say, you know, top three colleges that we're going to go to. Um, and so that's been basically like the main goal. Like literally the first day we were already like having like stuff that we had to get done, like you had to get done this week should have been done by last week. Like we, we just, you know, going head first into everything, but um, so yeah, we're mainly just like college oriented goals and just um, making sure everybody is on track to graduate and stuff like that. You know, well, that's good. So let me let me ask this a little bit more bluntly. Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, I've thought about this a lot, and I've come up with many different things. Um, I. I want to go to college and major in psychology, and I know I really like working with children, 
So part of me is like, oh, I'd love to be like a child psychiatrist or whatever. Although that does include like a PhD. So it's like, you know, that's a big thing, you know. So part of me is like, maybe I should like lean towards like sports psychology and maybe be like an athletic trainer or something like that or something. I just, I know that I want to be a part of psychology and just keep learning about um, how the brain works. And if I can include that with working with children, I think that would be really cool because I really like the thought of um, how we, you know, because I feel like when you're younger and you're learning everything, like that's your foundation. Like those, some things that you learn with when you're a kid, like you, that sticks with you for such a long time. And I feel like just learning like how kids work and like, what makes them like just say random things in the middle of the day just to be so cool to just like learn sugar. about i don't know it's a sugar that's all <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's kind of just like i don't have like a clear idea yet but i just know that those are like the two main things that i'm really wanting so to what what, what turns do. you off about the idea of a phd um anna could plug her ears if, if she needs to <laughs> well i just some of it is just people saying that they don't believe in me that I can do it, which I know does not matter because I shouldn't care what people think. Um, but then there's also the part of just the extra years of the schooling and, you know, what if I have like a lot of student debt, you know, that kind of gives a little bit of a red flag. But I, I genuinely feel like I can see myself doing it. I don't know why I wouldn't. It's just that's a little bit of a worry for me just going to that if I decided to do that as a career. You should, if you want to pursue a PhD, I fully support. I would just like to say I'm not pursuing a PhD. So, you know, what, whatever you were going to do, <laughs> PhDs, I'd be like, look, that's not me. I mean, um, but I totally get it. Like, if we talk about, like, you know, the accessibility of even just, you know, applying to PhD programs, like, that's, that's tough. Like, we are talking about student debt and we are talking about, like, you know, years and years of like being an expert in a particular field and you know and obviously there is even a culture among you know PhD candidates and like the tough work that they have to do and like you know the inaccessibility within that as well and so I hear your concerns and those are really valid concerns um, but it just makes me really happy that you kind of have an idea of what you want to do um, because you know, there's no shame in not knowing what to do, um, you know, and what you want to do with your life. But, you know, just hearing how passionate you are and like what your interests are, I'm just like, rock on, Fiona, like, pursue what you want to do. And um, I, I'm 100% sure you will be successful at what you do. So. Well, but the other, you know, the other thing too is finances are, I mean, I can tell you being 41 years old, finances are a big deal in anything that you do. Like there's, yeah. finances are always like money is always an issue and I don't do a ton of things because I don't have the money for it. Right. You know? And so like, yeah, I don't own a boat. Like I would love to own a boat. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. because I'm not going to spend the money on it. And so, and as far as the time goes, I think if you're enjoying the environment you're in and you can, you, you, it's a valuable enough use of your time. Why not spend seven years and get a PhD? It's you know, taxing, dude. <laughs> I'm sure it is, but if you if you and 
you know, if it's something that you're into, I mean, what, and I think you could lose track of this, but man, it's not a, it's not that bad, bad a gig to just hang out with like really brilliant, passionate people that like the same stuff you do. And you go every day, you go and hang out with those people and study stuff. Like that's, I don't know. That's kind of cool. Um, I lost my patience for it, um, you know, in, in college and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, if that's, um, if that's what you're into, I think, yeah, I think that's okay. Gutting it out for a PhD, if you hate what you're doing, but you're going back to get your PhD because you have to, then I think there's some red flags there. Um, and I think you're right. The finances would have to have to work out for it. But also, according to your trends, I think you're going to end up being a math major if the pattern <laughs> stays true, right? Because you didn't think you were good oh, at science. <laughs> I'm just noticing I hope not. <laughs> Watch oh, it. I hope not. You're going to go to college. You're going to say, I'm just going to get my math out of the way first. You're going to run into a brilliant college professor. You love their classes, take all of their classes, and then you're going to be a math major. Yeah, you might have <laughs> a good blend and be a bioinformatics major. There you go. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That'd be funny. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, what, so, so could looking back at middle school, could you have accurately predicted what you would like as a senior in high school? I genuinely didn't even think I would get to graduation. Like I thought I would have dropped out at this point, like in eighth grade, I was just, I don't know. I would fall behind like so much cause I just didn't have any motivation to go to school or anything like so I think, um, and I kind of made like a promise to myself, like, oh, my Wi-Fi is not doing good again. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of like promised myself that like my freshman year of high school, I'd like have better goals and like do better because um, I was struggling so much in eighth grade. And so I think I genuinely um, have, I, I think if I could have talked to my eighth grade self right now, she'd be very proud of me because I kind of did a lot more than I promised I would, but in a good way, you know, like I just kept pushing for more things to get involved in like leadership and obviously this, like never thought I'd be doing this, but it's kind of, you know, just exciting just to see like where the road takes you. And so I think that um, being where I am now, because I know I, I also already knew that I wanted to go to college. Like that was a goal of mine ever since I was little. Um, but now that I'm actually like, you know, I would look good to a college. Like I have all the things I need. I have resources and like, I've built a good, like solid, like high school career for myself to like be successful in college. I think that's just very rewarding in my opinion, just to know that I've done all the right things to be where I am right now. Yeah. Hey, can, can we talk a little bit about what you're doing for the podcast? Because I, I think it's kind of instructive um, while we're talking about goals, because your job is to get come into contact. You're going to make contact with people we want to interview. And you've already made contact right. with a couple of those people. And then you're going to do the pre-interview with those people and schedule them to be on our podcast right yep 
Yeah. Which is, which is, so just to like phrase it a different way, you're going to be calling, prof- you know, health care professionals or experts in the field of the health sciences, interview them and schedule them to be on the podcast, right? Yep. I think so for me, and I, and I don't know what people listening, I think that is some phenomenal work experience to get as you're going out in, in, into the field. Like, I'm hoping that with this experience that you're getting from the podcast, like you can go and work in a medical office, um, you know, right out of high school while you're working your way through college. I mean, right. I I, I guess I don't have a question. I'm just saying that I think that's really cool. I think it is too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good opportunity. Well, yeah, let's not screw it up. Um, That's my, (laughs) my goal. Um, but, uh, so the other thing is like, one of the reasons that you probably didn't imagine that you'd ever be a producer on a school run podcast your senior year, I'm guessing you weren't quite sure what a podcast was five years ago. Funny you say that, (laughs) um, me and my best friend Hannah, we actually wanted to do one last year. And we wanted it to be like how teenagers experience like online school and like how like the difference like between learning online and like learning regularly is from like our perspective. We just never got around to it because, you know, just didn't happen. But we actually had the idea that we would like make our own like podcast together. That would have been such a good podcast. We should have done this last year. I feel like it would have too. Um. But so, so here, here's, here's the point that I'm getting to is that, you know, when you're in middle school, podcasts weren't nearly as popular as they are now. Right. Um, and so you said, like, if your eighth grade self or freshman self could, could talk to you now that your, your freshman self would be very proud of you. Right. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? So can you fast forward five years from now? Like maybe you're, you're working in the field and in healthcare or you're graduating from college or something like that. Like, can you imagine the choices that that you make moving forward are going to make you proud now? I hope so. (laughs) Um, I've thought about the future like a lot. So, and I don't mean to, to, but if you weren't quite sure what a podcast was in middle school, like, is it weird to think that you probably don't know the ways in which your future self are going to make you proud now? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might not have a good understanding of the activities you're going to be involved in five years from now because we're just unaware of what you're going to be involved in. Does that make sense? And so it just yeah. to extrapolate this out, uh, you know, retirement age, we'll, we'll just call it 68. Do you know what <laughs> year, do you know what year you're going to retire? Oh, don't know. 2072 is going to be your retirement year. Oh, geez. Do you, I don't like, think you had that ready. What's it? Well, ah! I'm assuming she's 18 and then I just added 50. <laughs> <laughs> not yet i will be 18 in march and 
Well, okay. So, well, <laughs> yeah. still, 2072, that's when you're going to be 68. And that, that's when, like, Social Security and, like, the Medicare and stuff kick in. But, uh, <laughs> so that's, you know, that, that's kind of a common retirement age. The year 2072, none of us have any idea what the world's going to look like then. Nope. Right? And so I, I think it's so cool. Like, one, I think it's cool that you're doing a, an educational podcast just because it's something new and who, who would have thought you would have been here. But your whole life is going to be who would have thought I would have done this. Right. That's true. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Like you said, when you're talking about how you know, with the world evolving and we're not sure where it goes, will there even be a world by 2072? Anyway, um, you know, just talking about that and how education should evolve with it, right? Like, for example, just from this pandemic alone, like, we've witnessed, like, you know, the, like, you know, social disparities among, like, students in terms of, like, who has access to, like, Wi-Fi and internet and, like, you know, laptops and stuff to be able to do online schooling and so you know I remember when I was like you know in grade school and middle school and high school like um we were starting to use like or I guess we're in high school but like in middle school right everything was paper all our tests were papers books like we read books all the time things like that and you know once I started getting to high school right we started transitioning to like you know typing our essays on um, computers and laptops and having that be introduced um, into our classroom. And so, and I've noticed that now, like um, just kids who are like very young are already being, you know, taught how to use technology. And so like, you know, there are those old school, you know, professors and stuff who are like, do not use any technologies in my classroom, you know, no cell phones, no tablets, no laptops. And I'm just like, my guy, we're like literally the 21st century. Students are gonna take notes on laptops, take notes on tablets, like we're saving trees, okay? Um, and so, yeah, I just think that, you know, education should continue to evolve with the world. Like we are such a technology heavy um, country. And so it's like, yeah, let's let's have that be more involved and like enhance education and the student experience. So. That is my like piggyback on that comment that you made. So, yeah, I just want to add like, is there going to be a world in 2072? And I 100% <laughs> believe, believe there will. Um, there's a great um, psychologist named Steven Pinker, um, and he wrote um, he, he wrote some really interesting books. The one I read of his is called Enlightenment Now, and it's how mm -hmm. the age of enlightenment um, and all the the scientific breakthroughs and and the humanitarianism and that came out of the enlightenment have really made the world a better place over the last 250 years, 300 years. Um, and so, and we could see it in healthcare. Um, healthcare is so much better now than it was 20 years ago, yeah. um, 50 years ago, a hundred years ago. And so, yeah, yeah, right. And so we're, we're in a pandemic right now and it's terrible. And, and, um, so many people have died and our lives have been disrupted, but man, a hundred years ago, like, um, there's a dozen of these things going on. Like I just took my daughter in for, for a doctor's appointment and there's a chart of all the things that we vaccinate for now. It's polios, mumps, measles, rubella, lockjaw, um, uh, meningitis, um, 
nutrition's better. Um, so, you know, so much more that only 13% of the world live in extreme poverty right now. It used to be 90% a hundred years ago. Like, it's not to say that we don't have a whole bunch of big issues to deal with, mm-hmm. but um, like <laughs> Steven Pinker also says like climate change and nuclear weapons are big issues that we need to deal with. Um, but they're solvable problems. And so what I think it's cool, like students like Fiona um, who are taking on new challenges, stuff like that, they're going to figure out ways to keep working on these solvable problems. Like Mm -hmm. I have a hundred percent faith in the future because of students like Fiona. And so, and you too, Anna, you're still a student. Um, (laughs) So no, I- We'll focus on Fiona. (laughs) Yeah, No, so I'm leaving myself out. I absolve myself of all responsibility. I'm, you know, I'm over 40. I'm, I'm, you know, on the downhill slide here. Oh no. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think the future is a very bright and a hopeful place, and I think we will mm-hmm. solve problems. I, I think, I think human beings, we we can solve these problems um, because we want to take on challenges. We're going to work at the things that we're bad at. We're going to be inspired. We're going to set goals. Um, we like figuring stuff out. We And the nice thing about healthcare too, is I think a lot of people go into healthcare because we want to help people. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why my classes are so popular is because at its core, my classes are about helping people. And I think that attracts a whole bunch of students because we like the idea of helping people. I have a hundred percent faith in, in humanity and, and the world um, existing for a very long time. Wow. That was very inspirational. Very very like faithful in humanity I was like wow I kind of needed some of that (laughs) we all do we I think we all need to be reminded of that uh quite often the best part about being a teacher I get reminded of it every day you know it's it's that that is we are better people at the end of a school day than when we started and it's it's a pretty rare environment and uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be a part of it but uh wow you're inspiring teachers for tomorrow. <laughs> Fiona, do you got any last words? I think we could, we, we've been doing this for an hour. We could probably, uh, we could, we could start the, uh, the, the exit here. Do you have anything you want to want to add? I mean, I don't really know how to top what you just said. So um, no, I think we talked about a lot of really good things today and I, I I think it was really cool like um talking about like my perspective like people are going to be able to like hopefully relate to that or you know just see a new perspective and like you know I don't know I think it, I think we talked about a lot of good things today and I and I really think that um people learning from their failure and trying to be better at things that they're not really good at is going to genuinely um build better confidence in students too for sure yeah, I mean, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, that's my piece. <laughs> right, there we go. Well said. Well said. Anna, you got anything you want to finish with? It was an awesome conversation today. Like, it was yeah. really good to learn about Fiona, her goals, her journey to getting to where she is today. Which I just want to say, I'm very proud of you. Um, it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to kind of share that, and um, it's it's really great that you were able to achieve your goal of you know getting to where you are today, almost graduating high school, um, you know, thinking about college, you know, doing what you need to do to um, prepare yourself for college. So yeah, it was just really awesome. I hope that 
you know, listeners can take away from this is just like, you know, get to learn, you know, more about yourself as a student and, you know, really think about what you want to do. Um, don't be afraid of challenges and like, you know, just know that, you know, we're all on your side, teachers are on your side, like, you know, it's, it's a long journey in terms of academia, right? Whether you want to just, you know, graduate high school and then continue on doing what you want to do or continue your education, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, just learning is a lifelong process, my friends. So learn to enjoy it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I think I dramatically reduced the amount of ums, likes, and and so's that I've said this episode. So that's, I just, I just yeah, that was actually that great. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of noticed I, I was doing that. I didn't notice that. I've been practicing. I've been practicing. So uh, you work at the things you're bad at. That's what, that's there what we do. Go. All right. Um, Fiona, thank you. Anna, thank you. I'll see you guys Thanks, next Adam. week. Fiona's going to book us a, a new guest for next week. So I'm excited. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm stopping recording, guys. We're out. Oh,